privilege of prayer. I think it's something that we take for granted and it's something we don't use enough. It's something that, I mean, what a great resource. And I mean, you know, you all would think I was nuts if I came here all the time and I was complaining about not having any money, about how my family was about to starve to death and about we we're about to get our electricity shut off and I'm just, I'm kind of singing the blues to all of you. And then you all found out that I had this bank account somewhere that had thousands of dollars in it that could have taken care of those things, but I just refused to use it. And I was like, I didn't want to go to the bank and ask for it, you know. So what? You know, you think, do it, use it, it's there. It's yours. And you know what? God, He's not just, you know, a glorified Santa Claus, you know, that's just going to give us everything we ask for. But you know what? If we do truly have a need, He He will provide for those things and He'll take care of us. And boy, I am so thankful for prayer. If you want to take your Bibles, go to the book of Matthew, if you have them. Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to read a story to you about Jesus that really shows a side of Him that most people aren't really used to. A lot of times when people think about Jesus, you know, they, uh, they picture, you know, that Jesus sitting there with the children saying, suffer little children to come unto me. And, uh, you know, you picture Jesus as that shepherd and maybe there with the sheep and, and just all the kindness. You can maybe picture him there healing people, uh, like he did so many times. But you know what? Jesus, he was, he sometimes would get, he would get upset. And when he did, it was rightfully so. It was justified. It was righteous. Indignation, but this is one of those stories here in Matthew. And in Matthew chapter one, we'll start reading at verse nine. This actually took place on Palm Sunday. You've all heard of Palm Sunday. That's going to be coming up here pretty soon. But Jesus, he comes in riding on that donkey, and boy, Israel's excited. They're they're singing Hosanna in the high, and they're laying those palm branches in front of him. And Jesus goes and he rides through that eastern gate like it had been prophesied that he would do so many years ago. And he goes up there in, in through that eastern gate and he goes up to where the temple's at. And he's there, it says, and the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, uh, when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? 
And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house should be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for the privilege of prayer, Lord. We thank You so much to be able to be here again and hear something from Your Word. Lord, I pray You'll help all of us to learn from this message. And I pray, I pray that this church, God, that this will be a house of prayer. That we will uh, seek You always, God, and always look for Your guidance. In Your name we pray. Amen. Jesus in this story, so we see another side of Him. He comes through and He drives people out. And one of the other accounts it says that He did it with a whip. I, how many has ever seen a painting of Jesus cracking a whip? All right, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, and that's not usually the, what people uh, want to see or uh, how he's portrayed. But the truth is, he did it. And let me get tell you, Jesus did it. It was justified. It was okay. And the Bible says that he overturned the tables. These they're there and they're doing all these business deals. And a lot of these people were crooks. They're in there and they're selling doves. And he goes and and according to some historians and the commentaries, that those stones that he overthrew, they weren't your normal little folding tables. These were big, large, heavy stone tables. And Jesus, and in His righteous indignation, He goes through there and He throws those tables over. I mean, boy, He he makes an appearance. You know, it wasn't what they were expecting. They're all excited. They, they believe the Messiah is coming. But He went through there and He kind of starts having a house cleaning. And it needed it. But you know what? The Jews didn't like it. It made them bad. And it was only a few days later they ended up having Him crucified and put to death. But that's, we're not here to talk about that today. We're, I'm, I want us to look at that statement he made. When Jesus is angry, he said, It is written, My house should be called a house of prayer. You know, Jesus was quoting an Old Testament scripture. He did that quite a bit. He was quoting Isaiah 56, verse 7. It says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain. That holy mountain he's talking about there was Mount Moriah, the mountain where Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, the mountain where the temple was at, the very mountain that Jesus had rode on and into the temple. And He said, I will bring them into My holy mountain and make them joyful in My house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon Mine altar, for Mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. God loves prayer. He loves when His people pray. He wants us He wants us to do it. He's commanded us to do it. I don't know why we have to be commanded to pray. You would think the fact that we are able to pray, that we would just be jumping at that opportunity. We'd be thrilled at the privilege of it. I mean, it's something that's real. It gets results. It does things. But you know, people don't always take advantage of it. But I'm here to, I want to challenge you today to take advantage of that, I want this church. I believe. I tell you, God, God's blessing this place. I'm thrilled to death with what's going on here. But you know what? At the same time, I think if we're going to make it to that next level, if we're going to progress, and that's something we need to always be doing as a church. I don't care if we pack this place out. There's always we always need to be trying to grow. We need always need to be trying to get closer to God. Not not growing just in numbers, but growing spiritually. But I believe I've been praying, asking Lord, what is it that you want us to do next? Lord, what is the next thing we need to do? And I believe that we need to get 
this thing of prayer down. I believe God wants people in Sterling and Rock Falls and in these surrounding communities. He wants them praying to Him. He wants us to ask for. He wants us to ask for some things. I'm sure we all have things that we would like to see done in this church, or things that we would like to see done in our own lives spiritually. I'm here to tell you today that we need to start praying for these things if we're going to get anywhere. It is so important. Matthew seven seven says, "Ask and it shall be given you." Seek and ye shall find, and knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. This passage here, there's kind of an outline right in that passage that I want us to look at and that I, that I, and that I think we need to follow. And, and first of all, it says, he said, ask and it shall be given you. I wonder how many have asked, you know, they asked for God to meet with us today. How many of you asked for the Lord maybe to save somebody that you've been praying for? I mean, how many of you asked? I mean, hopefully we're doing it all the time. But a lot of times, one of the reasons we don't see a lot of things happen is we never, we never ask for it. You know, many times I'll talk to people and they're going through something difficult. It's like, well, have you prayed about it? Well, no. Well, that ought to be the first thing you do. Ask God. Boy, sometimes there's things that people, they come to me about and boy, I, I want to be a help and everything, but some things are just way beyond my ability. So I can't do I, I can't do anything about that. And I'll go and I'll pray for them. But you know what? I think it'd be a lot more effective if they prayed themselves. If they asked. We need to be asking. James four two says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. He said, Your lust, there's all these things that you want. And you do all these things to go and try to get the things that you want. But the real reason you don't have them is because you have not asked for them. Verse 3 says, "...ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust." There's some say, I ask, I pray all the time. I'm praying that you know, the Lord will help me win the lottery. I'm praying that the Lord will help me you know, get everything I want. No, it's like we're not talking about consuming things that are lust. We're talking about real spiritual needs here. I mean, if you're praying, uh, you, know, you ought to pray... For your family. Okay, that's not a selfish prayer. That's something we ought to be praying for. I hope you pray for your, uh, for your family. You pray for your children. You pray for your grandchildren. You pray for, you know, pray for your church. You pray for other people. I'm not talking about, as a church, I'm not talking about asking God to make us the richest church in town. I'm not talking about asking God to make us even the biggest church in town or the fanciest church in town. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about asking God to do a work here. And that's what I, that's all I want to see. I want to see God do a work. I want to see Him save souls. I want to see Him change lives. And yes, if we fill the place up, and yes, if we grow, that's fine. I'll be thrilled to death to see that. I hope it does happen. But I just want i want this to be a church, and I want this to be a place that God wants it to be. That's all I really want. And I hope that's what you want too, but we've got to be, we've got to be asking. Part of asking and part of prayer, we've got to humble ourselves. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, a very popular verse when it comes to, when we talk about prayer or revival. God said, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land." We've got we've got to humble ourselves. You know, it's humbling sometimes to ask for ask for things. Maybe they're you know. Maybe you need money. 
need help with something, you got to ask. It's, it's humbling. And you know what? We need to be willing to ask God for things. There are things that we that we need from Him that only He can do, and we but we've got to humble ourselves. You know, that's why I, I believe I believe in the we've talked about praying in the closet before. I believe that that the probably the most effective prayer is that one on one time with just you and God, where nobody else is around, just you and Him praying. I believe that that's a great and that's a very special time. But I also believe in public prayer. You know why? Because public prayer, you do. You have to humble yourself. That's why I, I think it's. I think it's good to you know even in public to ask the Lord to bless your meal, pray for your food. As a church, you know we pray in here. You know I, we'll pray for the service. We'll pray for the offering. We even we'll even have a time at the end of the service where you can come and pray and talk to God in public. So it's not the only way. But it is it is humbling, and it is something that's important that God wants that God wants to see. Every time we pray, anytime you get on your knees, and you do those you do those things in public, you know what you're doing. You're basically admitting your inability, and that's okay because we are all limited people. There are things that we cannot do on our own, but thankfully we have an unlimited God that can do anything. And there's you know what? I'm not ashamed to kneel to kneel before God. And let people know that this guy right here can't do it all on his own. That this guy here he needs God, and I don't mind asking for I don't I don't mind asking his help even in public. You know I I'm showing I'm I'm wanting to be a testimony. I'm wanting I'm wanting to humble myself. Daniel, you remember Daniel? Boy, Daniel he prayed three times a day and he did it outside of his house, outside the window where everybody could see him. He did it like that before the king made the law about not praying, and he did it after that. He was, you know, why he did that? He was praying for Israel. He was praying for Israel, and he wanted people to know that. And he did. He went and he humbled himself. And I believe, I believe that public prayer, it's it's not the only. Way. I think the private prayer is probably the best. But you know what? As a church, we shouldn't be ashamed to get on our knees and to ask God. To, to meet with us and ask God to help us to uh, acknowledge our dependence on Him. This church, there's things that we could accomplish on our own. You know, there we could, if we wanted to, we could, we could do some things that would fill this place up. I could, I could hire a Christian rock group to come in. They would probably get a big crowd in here. They probably, it probably attract a lot of folks. I get, I could, I could get in some entertainers and things like that. But you know what? I don't believe God's anywhere near that kind of stuff. I'm not interested in just getting a big crowd. I want, I want God here. That's why we have music that we that that's God honoring. That's why we uh, that's why we stick to the Word of God. I, I could I could get some people. There's some folks out there that boy they know how to speak and they know how to motivate and boy they know how to make you feel good. There's a lot of preachers like that. Boy, I mean you go you get down here and them preach and they make you feel great. But you know what? In my Bible, most of the time when People preached. Folks felt bad after it was all done. After Jesus prayed, boy, there was one time the whole multitude left. They didn't like what He had to say and He was just Him and His disciples. And He asked them, He said, are you going to leave too? And they didn't. They, they stayed with Him. But you know what? John the Baptist was like that. Boy, He made people mad. He made, he made people mad. But you know what? That man, He did the will of God. He did what God wanted Him to do. And we've got to do that because 
I want I want God's hand on this place. That's why we try to do things according to what the Bible says, the way He has told us to do it. So we need to admit our inability, admit our unworthiness. That we're not we're not worthy of God's blessing. We're not worthy of His salvation. We're not worthy to be able to go to Him in prayer. Yet He lets us do all those things anyway. Yet He He still saves us. He still loves us. He still allows us to pray. And what a wonderful privilege that is. But we've got so we've got to be asking. Just ask. Then also in that passage in Matthew seven seven, it said we need to ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. We need to be seeking. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we're seeking the kingdom of God, if we're seeking the will of God, if those are the first things, if that's the priority, we're seeking those things, the Bible says then all the other things, and before He was talking about the physical needs and other needs that you have, He said then those things will be taken care of. Right now, the thing we need to focus on is just doing the will of God as a church. Doing what He wants us to do. Honoring Him. And everything that goes on here at this church, from the, from the preaching to the singing, everything that takes place, we want to honor God because we're, we're seeking something. We're seeking after the will of God. Jeremiah 29.12 says, Then shall they call upon Me, and ye shall go and pray unto Me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek Me and find Me, when ye shall search for Me with all your heart. I believe, any, I believe it's based on the Word of God in these verses we just read that people who really want to know the truth, God will help them find it. That's why He has churches like this one for those who are seeking the truth. And God will, God will bring them here. He'll, bring, he'll, he'll find a way. Maybe through door knocking, maybe somebody in here will invite them. Maybe they'll just, you know, the Lord will lay it on their heart to come here. Maybe they'll see a track somewhere, a phone book, the phone book ad. I don't know, but God will get them here. If they're truly seeking, if you're seeking the will of God, it's usually not real hard to find. The only thing is, most people are not really looking for the will of God. They're looking for their own will. And sometimes they'll try to use God thinking that will help me get what I'm wanting. But that's not what it's all about. We're trying to seek the kingdom of God. So if we're going to do that, we need to expect God to do something. And I don't know about you, but I'm expecting God to do something here. I come here every Sunday. I'm excited coming here. I'm anxious to see what God's going to do next. I'm excited during the week. I'm anxious to see what God's going to do. I'm excited about the King's Kids Club coming up. I think God's going to do some things there. I'm expecting Him to. I'm expecting to see people saved. I'm expecting to see lives change. There's things that I'm expecting, but many people today, the reason that they're not seeking is... They they don't they're not expect they're not expecting anything. You know, people don't look for what they don't think exists. People don't look for what they don't think exists. Alright, now we don't now this might seem a little goofy, but you know, there have there's not a whole lot of people that have been working real hard out going through the woods trying to find Bigfoot. Okay? Now, that'd be pretty neat if you found Bigfoot, but why aren't most people looking for him? Anybody know? They don't think he exists. Our Loch Ness monster. I guess there's a lot of people that think think those things exist. But you know what? I'm not looking real hard for those things. I don't spend a lot of I don't spend a lot of time at night looking out the sky watching for UFOs and things like that. You know why? Because I just I really don't think they exist. 
Therefore, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for them. But you know what? There are some. There, but I do believe God exists. I do believe prayer works. I do believe that God wants to do a work here, and so I'm seeking for the will of God. Because in doing that, the Lord will help me find. He'll help me find these things. Knowing something that is there is very motivating. If I told you all that there was a thousand dollars laying somewhere outside in the property, if you believe me, you're going to go look for it. If you don't believe me, you're not going to look for it. You're not going to pay attention. You're not. You're not going to care because you don't believe it. So you're not going to go looking for it. I, I use this illustration all the time. If I told you that when you got home at one o'clock or in your house at one o'clock there was a time bomb that was going to go off, if you believed me, you're not going to go home. <laughs> if you didn't believe me, though, it's not going to affect you. You're going to go home. You're going to go in your normal routine. And uh, there's many things that God has told us, but unfortunately people don't really believe them, therefore they're not seeking after them. They're not seeking God in prayer. They're not trying to get a hold of God. They're not asking God for things. They're not searching for the will of God. And I'm here to tell you today that that's exactly what we need to be doing. We need to be seeking. Seek and ye shall find. God, I mean, even our ways might not even be the best ways of doing it. But when the Lord sees us just trying, He's gonna, He'll help us. He'll work with us. A good friend of mine from back, back at Lighthouse, his name's Joe, he got saved several years ago. I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. And boy, when he got saved, he'd heard preaching about, you know, telling other people about Jesus and about witnessing and things. And he's like, well, I guess I should go do that. So he went and he grabbed a bunch of tracks from the church and he decided that he was going to go out and he was going to go out and try to win people to Christ and invite people to church. And he went he went all by himself and it probably wasn't the best idea, but he, he didn't know what else to do. He went and he's knocking on doors and he's just like, Hi, my name's Joe. I used to smoke pot, but I got saved and was wondering if you want to come to my church. <laughs> and that, that, that was kind of his thing he would tell people and they'd kind of you know, give him some funny looks and things. And he did his best, but you know what? The guy was seeking, and he did. He did. I, he started going with me for a while. He ended up going to Bible college, and uh, and he learned. And he's doing. He's doing a great job. Uh, he's in charge of the bus route there, and I mean, he's he has brought so many people into church, and it's exciting. And he has come a long way from the days of. Hi, my name's Joe. I used to smoke pot, but I got saved. <laughs> but you know what? He was seeking. He was seeking. And he found it. And our our efforts, I'm telling you, there, there's things that I look back in my own life. I mean, sometimes, uh, every once in a while, if I really want to depress myself or get a good laugh maybe, I'll listen to one of my certain early messages from the first time that I preached. And it wasn't real good. And it just it was pretty boring. It was lame. And I was just like, good. No, that's terrible. But you know what? I was trying. I want. I wanted. I wanted to be good at it. I wanted God to help me, and I'm still trying. I'm still seeking after. I, I desire to be in the will of God. I desire to be a good pastor, and I, I believe just that. Even though my methods might not be the greatest, and even though I might goof up a lot of things, I believe God's going to help me find that. Even at, when it comes to people, I mean, just I, I'm always looking for people trying to get them to come to the church. But you know what? Sometimes most of the visions we have are not people I invited. They're people that came other ways. But you know what? I believe God He sees me out there seeking. And he's like, all right, I'll, all right, you're you're totally on the wrong street today. All right, the one I wanted, they live over here. But you know what? I can still get them there without you. He blesses the effort. 
But you got to be seeking. And I'm telling you, if we just as a church, when we're just trying with all we have to do the will of God, to be the best we can, God's going to work things out for us. And then third, so he said, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Knocking. We all know what that is. It can be kind of annoying sometimes too, can't it? Knocking, basically I think what that means is God's telling us we need to make some noise. We need to make some noise. Luke chapter 11, if you want to turn there. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. Luke chapter 11. And we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. That's a good question there. Asking, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to do it right. And he'd be a good one to get the to, uh, good place to learn from. It says, and he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So right there, he's kind of giving them a model prayer, kind of giving them an example. But then he goes on, and he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall say, Go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine, as his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given. You seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. We'll stop reading there for a second. He gives an example, kind of a parable. He says, if you have a friend, and you go to his house at midnight, how would you like it if you got a knock at the door at midnight? And your friends are like, hey, I need to borrow some bread. And you're thinking, no. You slam the door. And he starts knocking again. Knocking again. Like, and then like, hey, he's basically saying, We're all in bed. My kids are all in bed. And he says, because of that inconvenience, so that importunity, he doesn't want you to wake kids up. He's just gonna go ahead and give you the bread. It's like, fine, here, here's some bread, take it, leave me alone. And I know that might seem kind of weird, but that's what Jesus said to do. He's basically saying, just you need to make some noise. You know, it's like, well, I prayed one time and it didn't work, so I never did it again. Well, you know what? Pray again. Keep on asking. I invited somebody to church one time and they said no. Their blood's out on my hands. That's it. You know, ask again. Keep inviting. Keep trying. It takes a while sometimes. He goes on in verse 11 and says, If a man shall ask bread of any of you, there's a father. Or if a son shall ask bread of any of you there's a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? He says, he's basically saying here, I'm giving you some examples of you as people being evil. If somebody's at your house knocking on your door inconveniencing you, you're going to give them what they want. If your son asks for bread, you know, you're not going to give him a stone. You're going to take care of those things. And then how much more 
God is much more likely to answer the prayers of His people than somebody else is. And so we've got to make sure that we're... He says to knock. Knock and it shall be opened. We need to ask repeatedly. And you know what else? We need to get other people asking. We do get other people asking. That Sometimes when I'm praying for things, I'll call up somebody and say, hey, you need to pray for this situation. A good friend of mine is getting ready to start a church in Quincy, Illinois. He sent me a text the other day and it said, hey, be praying. Uh, they're they're going to be doing the final inspection on my house. He was trying, he's trying to sell his house. He's got a place in Quincy. He's going to be moving to. He's like, this is the final thing. If it goes through, we're all good. He said, just pray for it. And I, and I, I prayed for him. And I imagine he said that to a lot of people. He was trying to get other people praying for him. I just got a text from him this morning. And he said, hey, just wanted to let you know, everything went through on the inspection. Everything's good. Alright? I, I believe prayer helps in those things. You say that's oh, a little thing. It's not a big deal. I'm telling you, we ought to pray in the big things. We ought to pray in the little things. Ask other people. I remember when we found this church and we and uh, when we found this building, we were wanting it, and I mean, we were praying for it. You know what I did? I started calling people. I said, "Hey, we found a building. It's like pray that pray that it'll work out where we can get it. Pray that the Lord will open the door." Uh, I was I was telling everybody, "Pray for it." And there were there was a lot of people praying. Take advantage of that. Tell other people. Call your friends. Call your family. Call me. I'd lo- I'd I'd love to pray with you. On those things, you know what we're doing? We're just kind of we're trying to bombard heaven with our prayers. I've gone to several churches and I I I have these prayer cards with our family talking about our church, trying to get people to pray for our church. And there are there's a lot of people out there praying for this church, and I believe that's one of the reasons that God has blessed us the way He has, because many people are praying for us, and we we need to keep that up. We're knocking. It's like uh, there's been people that have visited churches in the past, even here, where maybe one person invited them and they didn't do it, but then all of a sudden somebody else. And it's like everybody was telling about the church. They got invited from by several different people, and that's finally what made what made them come. That's finally what got them, what got through to them. And we need to get other people asking God for things and get other people praying. We're knocking. We're making noise. And you know what? Sometimes we might even need to get extreme. You know what? And that, that's where we do things like fasting. Maybe, maybe go a day without eating. Say, so, you know what? I'm just going to focus a day. I, I'm just going to pray. I'm not going to eat the whole day. And every time my stomach growls, I'm going to be reminded I need to pray for this situation. And I don't know about you. If you're like me, you're going to be praying quite a bit because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy going a day without eating. But you know what? What are we trying to do? We're trying to get God's attention. He's told us to do that. Jesus fasted. Jesus fasted for forty days. Now, I wouldn't recommend you doing that, but Jesus was able to do that. For 40 days, He fasted. It was, and that, that's, a, that's an amazing story there. But we need to fast. You know what? I've heard, I've heard a lot of preachers back in the old days, you know what they would do? If they were going to be having a big meeting or something, a lot of the guys would get together and they'd have all-night prayer meetings. And then you would hear stories about the way that God moved and the way God did things. All-night prayer meetings. Uh, I call them cleansings. Sometimes maybe it's like, you know what? You start praying, we need to start getting things out of our life that can hinder our prayer life. Sometimes it's good to maybe go through the house and just maybe start getting rid of stuff that shouldn't be there. Start taking care of some things you know, that shouldn't be in the home of a Christian. 
Those kind of, those, when we do those things, it's going to help us. It, it's going to get God's attention. He's going to notice it. It's amazing the things that we allow, we let hinder our prayer life. Maybe sometimes if you say, I don't have time to pray. Well, maybe you ought to go take your TV and put it in storage for a month or something. If that's what's stopping you, go to some, go to some extremes, whatever it is. Take action, make some noise, and I'm telling you, knock and the door shall be opened unto you, the Bible says. We need to do all three of these things. I'm telling you, it's sad how many people today, how many Christians are not taking advantage of the greatest resource that we possess. And the reason that most people today don't believe prayer works is just they've not submitted themselves to the will of God. John chapter 16, verse 21. It says, a woman when she is in travail hath sorrow because her hour has come. Talking about when a woman is giving birth. She has sorrow. She has pain. I've never done that, but I've been there when my wife has and it's not, it's not a pleasant event. But it says, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. You know, it is a painful thing. It is a very difficult thing, giving birth. But boy, once you get to hold that baby and you finally get to see it, it's it's all worth it. I remember when Tommy was born, it was a it was a long, hard delivery. I didn't think he was ever gonna be born. It just seemed like forever. It just took forever, man. I remember I remember when he was finally born. I mean my wife, boy, she was struggling, it was hard. But boy, it I remember the attitude changed real fast once he finally once he was finally born, we saw him. It was it was exciting. It was it was a thrilling thing, and it says in verse twenty two, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, your joy no man taketh from you, and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. And he was telling him, he's like, right now, you're going to be sorrowful. Right now, it's going to be hard. And he said, and up until now, you haven't asked anything in my name, but you know what? After that, whatsoever, verily, verily, truly, truly, he's saying, what I'm telling you is true here. Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. When Jesus went to the cross, he was not just making a way for us to go to heaven, and he was doing that. He was also making a way for us to have a relationship with God the Father. Like we wouldn't have been able to have. And now we can. We can ask anything. We can ask God anything and we do it in the name of Jesus. That's why we say, in Jesus' name. We pray in His name. And if you said, just in, if I say in my name, well, my name doesn't mean anything. My name's not that important. But Jesus' name is. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that made it so we can have access to the Father. So we can pray. And he and Jesus told him, he said, Right now you have sorrow, but it's about to get better. You know, I think he's telling him, You're gonna you're about to have this great privilege, this ability to be able to communicate with God like never before, and you'll be able to do it through my name. And I'm here to tell you today that boy, we need to take advantage of this. Every day this week, I think it'd be great. If, if everybody in this room every day this week, you prayed for God to bless Liberty Baptist Church, I believe, I believe that would have an effect. I don't know, I don't know where, I don't know how we'd see it, but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see the effects next Sunday. 
I'm telling you, you pray, we pray for things, it makes a difference. It shows that it shows that we truly believe. It shows that we trust God. It shows that we want something from Him. And God wants to show Himself strong in this world today. He does. He wants to show Himself strong in your life. He wants to show Himself strong to the world. But God uses, He uses people like us. And if we're not obedient to Him, well then, nothing's going to happen. But if we're, we're obedient and just follow this thing of praying, this needs to be a house of prayer. That's what God wants. And I... I don't know why we wouldn't want to pray. It's a it's a wonderful privilege. I can't imagine not being able to pray. There's a lot of things that we can worry about. There's things out there in the world that I mean, you never know what could happen to you. But I do know, no matter what happens, that God's still in control. That I can go to God and I can pray, and that He can He can do something about it. And if He doesn't, it's because it wasn't His will. And more than anything, I'm seeking after the will of God. And I believe it's God's will to do great things in this church. And so I think it's, it only makes sense for us to just keep praying for it and to be seeking and knocking. So let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.